0: Welcome to the Connect Hope Podcast, a podcast to encourage pastors and ministry leaders who are striving to make Jesus famous.
1: Hey, welcome to the Connect Hope Podcast. This is Gene Jennings, and I'm here with my buddy Chuck Gordon. Chuck, how are you today? I am doing great, man. Back, great to be back together yes, and,
0: uh, on the podcast.
1: Yeah. So uh, we got a special guest today. Tell us about who's on the line with us. We do.
0: I'm, I am stoked to uh, be back with a, an old friend. And I tell you, how old? he's not old. I am. In fact, uh, any picture I see of him, he, he looks younger. But I knew him back in my student ministry days. I had this wild and crazy uh, speaker come in named Jeremy Kingsley. And he always, our students absolutely loved when Jeremy would come in. Uh, and I never knew what he was going to say. I just knew he was going to honor Jesus, and it was always off the wall, always intense, and uh, always had kids that were going to, um, one way or another, they were going to um, take steps following Christ. I got saved a bunch of times listening <laughs> to it. no. Anyway, just uh, just absolutely love Jeremy. But Jeremy, thank you for being on our podcast, man.
2: Man, it's great to reconnect. Really excited to talk with you guys.
0: Big time. What and tell me what for for those that don't know the infamous Jeremy Kingsley. What. What are you doing right now? What's going on in your world?
2: Oh, man, it's crazy. So going back to our days, and that's a long time ago, you know, I've been traveling as a Christian speaker for 27 years. Uh, I'm trying to get out of it, but it's like the mafia. It's really hard to get out. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, and I basically have two two sides of the, the ministry. One is with churches where I do public supply and leadership training and consulting interim pastor kind of stuff. I speak at Christian colleges, Christian schools, that's the ministry side. But then uh, a few years back, probably five years ago, I started feeling a call to try to reach lost people in speaking to. So I have this corporate side where God for some reason has given some favor to go into lost corporate places share biblical principles and then see what happens and man it's crazy and it's fun and it's exciting and it's challenging so yeah i got the two sides sometimes i'm with the church people sometimes i'm with the lost people but i just want god to hopefully use me to build his kingdom man who's more fun Get oh fresh. man <laughs> who's
0: more fun <laughs> <laughs> i forgot to tell you a little bit more about gene before you got you on the podcast sorry <laughs> yeah that's
2: a that's probably one i'll have to plead the fifth on in case it uh, may incriminate me <laughs>
0: <laughs> i was like i heard a preacher say some sometime long ago basically talking about a preacher telling him uh if you're sinning you know it's it's horrible if you're sinning to whatever, and and the preacher basically said, I don't know what that preacher's talking about. He, did, he must have done it wrong because it <laughs> sure is fun. That means you feel good about it, but it's uh, anyway. Hebrews um, says
1: there's a there's, there's the pleasures of sin. Yeah, just, exactly. Uh, you got to pay for it later. Uh, exactly. There's a price. <laughs> well, man, as we get
0: you on, I know God's been doing a lot of things in, in your heart. In fact, I know you're a part of a process of trying to revitalize the church right now. And as you're speaking around the country, as you're in all, so many different churches, um, what do you see going on what's what's a struggle that, that ministry leaders are dealing with um, lead pastors ministry leaders and organizations what's something that, that you really see is, is um, uh, a big part of you know where they are in, in dealing with struggle and dealing with moving forward
2: yeah you know coming off of COVID a few years ago you know that obviously freaked people out a lot what do we do where are we going how do we handle this but it seems to me, that another attack came in pretty heavy right off of COVID. And I just say fear slash worry. I I see leaders scared. I see them worrying. I see the church people kind of in that same mindset. Um, You know, I think Steve Sinsen, you had him on a few times ago. We were talking about how some of the seminaries say, you know, we got 300 or 500 potential graduates to go into ministry, but we get 1,500 or more calls for youth pastors and pastors, and there's this, this kind of empty chasm. We don't have enough ministry people even right now to fill positions, and then the ones that are, it seems like there's this paralyzing fear and worry that creeps in, uh, whether it's a senior pastor, whether it's actually the congregation, and I go, man, are you guys okay? Is there, is there something wrong that's causing this heavy, heavy stress, this heavy, heavy worry? You know, what is it? So that's what I've been concentrating on a lot
1: recently. So, Jeremy, um, obviously we know the effects of the pandemic, and, and we've all been through that, and I guess still recovering. But you said since the pandemic. So is it e- economics? Is it inflation, recession? Is it, is it financial worry? I think it's personal.
2: You know, I think at first we saw a stress on national peace. You know, then we had a lot of the racial uproar. So there was an issue with social peace. I think we've seen tons and tons of families destroyed. So I see an issue with family peace. But to me, it's that personal spiritual peace. You know, that guys are really struggling. You know, what should I do? How should I do it if I should do uh, why are they so consumed? Maybe with uh, what people may say or think, versus what's best for the kingdom. Uh, they get intimidated by different people. They get intimidated by trying new things in ministry. Uh, so they feel pressure. So to me, when I you know usually when I speak at a church or or anywhere. You know, they'll say, let's go grab a bite to eat or something like that. And then they'll kind of share their hearts because I'm safe. I'm a stranger. I'm not in their little circle that's going to say anything awkward. So when they say those type of things, like I'm scared to do this or I'm trying to do this. This worries me. I've got people in my congregation doing this. It terrifies me. And I don't know if I should try. And then they'll say A, B, and C. And I just keep asking them, what do you think is the cause why is the stress so high is there something going on here where it's a lack of understanding god's sovereignty is it a faith issue do you not have the vision or do you have other leaders to encourage you to put feet to that vision so it's actually a few different reasons and you just have to keep asking questions to see how you can help these guys
0: i I know it's got to be hitting all over in fact just this past weekend was uh i was out of town we weekend driving back on a sunday morning yes i wasn't in church on sunday morning what no sorry but, but a <laughs> <laughs> few times in life right a few times anyway but it was interesting and, and sad to be honest literally the number of churches i passed between 11 and, and noon uh that uh were closed no cars there etc and i mean this was all across, and I, and I say that primarily because now, they could have met earlier, but I doubt it based on the fact many of their signs said 11 o'clock service, um, but there's nobody there. And I, I believe still churches, even though we are out of COVID and COVID is such an old phrase now, and, but yet I still believe so many are, are locked in that fear of um, what if, and even I wonder how many churches are shut down because of that fear Uh, it's just, yeah, it's it's hit all over the place. When you just said something,
2: Chuck, I love it what you just said, because I'm noticing this. You just said, what if? That's probably the number one response I hear when I ask questions. Like, say I'm doing consulting with a church and they want to work on their youth ministry or elementary or changing the worship or a building project. I can't believe how often I hear. Well, what if the pandemic comes back? What if this happens nationally? What if the interest rates go up? what if people don't like the new elementary idea? Mm, yeah, yeah. Instead of, yeah, hey, cool idea. Let's brainstorm on that. Let's pray about it. That's yeah. creative. I just keep hearing what if. I go, why? Why so much fear here?
0: No doubt. Mm. Why? Well, I even that same phrase. Uh, to me, I don't mind what if, but it's flipping it upside down. It's What if God, what if, what if God shows up? What, what if, you know, but the way the context they have, it is exactly what you said. I believe it's the anxiety element. It's the, well, well, what if, and it's a negative, but I, you know, I remember this going back years ago, just having a a seminary professor basically saying, what if you start approaching everything from what if God shows up? Hmm. What if God does this and, and uh, how many people, how many, how many churches have stopped doing it? The reason, churches stop asking that question that context is I believe because people stop asking that question that context um, we stop asking what if God shows up what if God does this um, or, yeah. Yeah.
2: instead of what if and then it fills with worry what yeah, if we exactly. pray Exactly. what if we act what if we give what if we serve and it's weird because I'll ask them I'll say so you guys have a tension there's a tension I see like say I'm talking to a leader there's a tension between your heart and mind you know, yep. that's what I like to define worry is. There's this tension there with your heart and mind. And I'll say, now what, what's causing that? And then I wait for the answer. And usually it's some sort of wrong pattern of thinking or it's a wrong attitude, you know, and it could be thinking or attitude toward God. It could be thinking or an attitude toward people it could be thinking or an attitude toward circumstances. And man, and Chuck, you remember this from the old days, but, I'm a huge fan of the Bible. I'm kind of a Bible nerd. I love it. I base my life on it. You know, I'm a food guy. So you know, we make a lot of food at home and we're always <clears throat> cooking and acting silly. But I was always taught that the Bible's like a strainer. You know, you rinse your fruit in the strainer and you put your spaghetti in the strainer. And when you rinse it, all the yucky stuff goes down into the drain. Whatever's left, that's the food now that's, that's clean and we can eat. So I just tell the guys, hey, man. Let's run everything through Scripture, through the strainer. Whatever falls okay. out that's not good and not healthy, we'll let that go down the drain. But whatever's there that's healthy and good for us, man, let's go for it. This is the fruit that we want to be a part of.
0: Love it. It's good. I've not heard that illustration, but that's powerful. That that is that's good, man. You ought to think about going on the road and speaking <laughs> and, and saying stuff like that. But yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, man. It's funny because to me, I. And you probably remember this kind of stuff. I'm a passionate person and I get pretty fired up about the Bible. And this morning when I was going through that Matthew 6, 25 to 34, and I'm watching him say, don't stress, don't worry, don't stress, don't worry. And then here's your heavenly father. Here's your heavenly father. And then remember when he said, look at the birds, so, yep. you know, I remember a while back I was worrying about something. I, I'm not usually a big worrier, but I was for some reason. And I said, man, let me go look at some birds. I'm, this is 100% true. <laughs>
0: that's awesome. I
2: go outside. I look at some birds. This bird picks up a stick, flies over, puts stick down. And I'm already amazed at that. I'm like, okay, that's okay. He keeps doing it. And I'm like, did he just build a house with his nose? I mean, what's going on <laughs> with this bird, man? I have a lifetime ban from all Lows and Home Depot's. This guy's <laughs> building a house with his beach, you know? And I'm just going, God, thank you. You know, I needed that. You said we are much more valuable than birds, and you take care of them. How would you not take care of us? So I, I just started saying, God, I'm sorry. I, I have uh, two small view of you and too big a view of the stress. And I need to flip that. Mm. I need mm, to have a bigger bad. view of you and a smaller view of the, of the circumstance.
0: That's man. That's powerful. Uh, I love it. I love it. I know you mentioned in Matthew six, I know I immediately think of uh, in God's word, you know, Philippians four, six mm. is just, you know, don't be anxious about anything, uh, but in every situation by prayer petition with Thanksgiving, present your request to God. And I, I love that. You know, verse seven follows it up. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. But but it's, it's it's one of those, I believe, so many of us as Christ followers, we forget that first that first part. It says, don't be anxious. And I know that's it's one thing, just don't be anxious. That's, that's not going to happen. But we don't be anxious because we're praying and we're putting petitions before God and we're thanking him for what he's doing. It, kind of when we step back into that role of, look at God, just exactly what you said. Look around and, and thank you, God, that you can you create a, an animal that flies. And with its nose, it, it builds a you know, house. That, how amazing is that? It, well, it,
2: and you just hit one of my favorite verses, because when Paul wrote that and you know all the prisons and everything he went through, when he used that Greek word for guard, which meant an actual, the idea was of the actual military guards that doesn't mm-hmm. allow anyone to come in. I, was, I remember studying that one time, and I'm like, that's interesting. If I went up to a, a guard at a prison, hey, can I get in? He's going to check some things, maybe not, maybe so. What if God's the guard? <laughs> you know? yeah, you're not going to yeah. slip by him, man. If he's guarding you, you are safe. If he's guarding you, you are in a great place. And I remember thinking, what, what a smart guy Paul was dropping that kind of military prison term in there. Hey, when God guards you, you're good. But you have to put your faith in him. And that's why You know, I think back to, I don't know who did it way back in the day, but remember that story, you know, if someone was needed to go out onto the ice and the ice was only like a half inch thick, really thin, but the guy has all the faith in the world and the trust in the world that he's going to go out there and walk on, he falls through. Now he had a lot of faith and trust, but the ice was too thin. Then you flip it. Okay. That lake has like six feet of ice. But the dude doesn't hardly have any faith, but he's, I'm going to try He tiptoes. He ties a rope around his waist, ties a rope around the tree, gently goes out there. He doesn't fall. Why? Because the thing's six feet thick. That's the God view. Listen, I know we don't always have the most faith, but who is it in? We got to have that God-sized view of who he is, man. And that That can really counter when Satan's attacking us on the stress level, like, hey, buddy. I know the God that put the sun 93 million miles away and turns the earth so we can breathe. So you can back off. Cause I'm trusting
0: in this guy. Mm. Mm. That's good. Mm. That's good, man. So very rich. And I know it's something so needed right now, especially with uh, not just churches, but the leaders of those churches, just stepping out going again. Yeah. What if God, I know you, you mentioned one of your favorite passages. Mine is uh, Isaiah 55 11, So is my word that goes forth mm. in my mouth. It will not return to me void but it'll accomplish that which I please and achieve the purpose which I send it just and you know, when we back up and go it's not a matter of me making God's word uh, work out it's not a matter of me proving that god God's going to prove himself that his word yeah. is true and so it brings it back to that filter yet which I love it is straining out and you know just if we strain everything against God's word you know if God said he's going to accomplish it we don't have anything to worry about there it, it is what if God shows up and that's going to be Flat out. Amazing. Um, yeah. I
2: usually drop the ball, you know, and I try to tell guys, I, I said, listen, I'll tell you a bunch of my mistakes and then hopefully, <laughs> you know, you won't make them as yep. much as I did. But, yep. you know, my, one of my biggest weaknesses, you know, in all the years I've been a believer is just trying to consistently pray. I mean, really spend intimate, close time talking with Jesus. And because I grew up, I'm the youngest of three boys. My mom, she made me start cooking at seventh grade. How to do laundry. I'm mowing the lawn at, you know, eight or whatever, getting jobs. And so she kind of helped me become independent, which as a citizen is good, but as a believer, that's not good. Mm -hmm. So when I started struggling and and guys like, you know, you don't really talk to me that much. You're so independent. Wow. And I wrote in my notes, you know, independent people don't pray. (laughs) And, (laughs) and man, that just convicted me. And I'm (sighs) like, God, I'm sorry, man. I, I need to be dependent. And part of that is just asking you and talking with you, spending time with you and help me not to try to do this. And so I share that with some of the leaders and say, are you trying to, right? Maybe you're like me. Maybe you're trying to do a little too much on your own here. Right? Maybe you need right. to be a little more dependent and less independent and let God come in and see what happens. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, as we're, as we are recording this today, uh, we're witnessing or hearing about the Asbury revivals and how that spread to other college campuses. And, um, you know, I would love to love to believe and think that we're on the brink of something great, that that fear is going to turn into a deeper faith.
2: Hmm. I a hundred percent agree. If we can make
1: that turn, you know, I like to say,
2: you know, you got fear and worry. We want faith and wisdom.
0: Oh, you know, right, we don't want good. fear and
2: worry. We want faith and wisdom. Yeah. So let's mm-hmm. think about that. You get to that end of Matthew 6 when he does the whole seek ye first the kingdom of God. But yeah. then some people forget. And it says, and his righteousness. So we're really supposed to seek that's two right. things. We seek him as our Lord, as our king. Let's make sure he's in first place. Everything we do, we need to be thinking about the king. You know, But then when you forget and his righteousness, what is that? Well, that's the principles he gave us to live as someone who's in his kingdom.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So we got to chase after both of those. One, hey, who's really king here? Jesus is. Hey, as someone is in his kingdom, how do you want me to represent you? How, how should I live? Hey, here's scripture, Jeremy. Here's how you pursue righteousness. That's why I love uh, my, one of my favorite life verses, is Hebrews twelve fourteen. Pursue peace with all men. Now, that's everybody. That's Gamecock, Clemson, Georgia. I mean, I know, I'm, you know that's Republican, Democrat. That's tough sometimes, but pursue peace with all men and holiness. Hmm. I love people that say, Man, I want to love Jesus. I don't think he was being sarcastic when he said, Be holy as I'm holy. We have the positional righteousness through Christ's blood and his sacrifice on the cross, but then he says, I want practical righteousness too in your day to day life. Love me. Look for the principles I give you in Scripture to represent me. That gives me great great glory. And hopefully, this all ties back into us with the Great Commission. We're trying to make disciples of all nations. Hey, we can encourage believers when we're seeking His kingdom and His righteousness. We can help lost people. I mean, all the above. But again, man, it's tough because the fear and the worry, it's so self-centered. It hmm. takes up so much time, takes up so much energy. And I wonder sometimes if God's like, wow, man, you, we could really change your schedule. If you would give this to me, we'd be accomplishing a lot more because you spend a
1: lot of time on this fear and worry issue. Yeah, it's about surrender and obedience. It? Yeah, it is. Those two words come up to me when I, I look at Matthew six thirty-three: surrendering, seeking this kingdom first, surrendering to his calling and then living out that righteous life would be obedience. Mm-hmm. I love that word
2: surrender. I wish we would preach that more, you know, because in America, you know, I come from military families and stuff, and, you know, when you do the salute, you know, the palms down and, you know, palms up means surrender. You right. know, we're we're kind of taught we don't surrender. We're Americans. You know, we are in control. And I don't mind the political, national pride and things like that if we're careful with it. But you got to be careful. If that spills over into our spiritual side, it's just like the independent thing. Do I think it's good that I learned how to cook in seventh grade? Yeah. But spiritually, if I start saying, God, I got it, I'll do it. Nope, not good. Hey, do I think we don't need to surrender and stand up for who we are and our freedoms as a nation? Of course I do. But guess what? Spiritually, we put our arms and hands up. Lord, we surrender to your will. Help us to follow what you've laid out for us as your plan. You know, when people say, well, what's your purpose, Jeremy I said well, my purpose is to follow God's purpose <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's my purpose It's not a, really about me it's about him. My purpose mm-hmm. is to see God's purpose for my life
0: My that's goodness right. man well as you, if you see a, a leader basically you're, if you're working with a church or a ministry that is navigating this or maybe it's a corporate organization so you said you're working all this and they' and they're navigating fear what, what is Jeremy going to tell them? Okay, here's a step. Here's where I see you. What are you going to tell them to move forward? How are you going to tell them to kind of get out of it? Because I know a lot of leaders, be honest, they preach these sermons just like I have, just like you have, but we still get caught. We get blindsided, not realizing, okay, I'm caught up in fear, and I don't even know it. Uh, what, what are you going to challenge them to do from that point, if that's a fair question?
2: Well, yeah, and I ask them, I say, what's the opposite? Don't we want the opposite? We want peace, right? That's really what we want. We want to live in His will day by day. And, you know, in the church world, I do try, kind of go back to that Matthew 6, because at the end when it says, don't be anxious about tomorrow, for mm-hmm. tomorrow will be anxious enough for itself. Sometimes people who are in high, high stress levels, you know, they're caught between thoughts of yesterday and tomorrow. That's where they're caught. They're caught yeah. about history and yesterday. No. Well, what about the future? I say, hey, what about today? Why don't we set a couple goals for today? Tomorrow will take care of itself. We don't need to live in the past. We don't have to worry about tomorrow. But what would bring peace today? Let's, because there is an issue of stewardship and planning. But what's the plan for today? So I usually talk heavily about prayer. Now I go through that list that Paul talked about. Think on these things: what's true, what's good, what's admirable, what's lovely. So let's go through that whole list, and then let's think about the antonyms. So if we're supposed to think about what's true, let's not spend a lot of time on what's not true. If we're supposed to think on things that are lovely, let's not spend a lot of time thinking on things that are detestable. Hmm. Something that's admirable, then let's not think about things that dishonor. So I love going to the antonyms, and then I'll say to some of the leaders, and I hate to tell you guys this because it's kind of an accountability thing. Now you're going to be stuck with it (laughs) for the rest of your life. But I'll say to the leaders, hey, real quick, tell me at your house, in your pantry or your refrigerator – tell me two things that are missing that you need to get the grocery store fairly often. And, you know, people say milk, bread, eggs. I said, okay, great. Let's go to the spiritual grocery store real quick. Galatians 5, the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. I said, let's look in the pantry of your heart. And let's say that there's two. Now, we need all of them, but let's say there's like two that you would say, yeah, I'm missing that often. I, I really need to go to the spiritual grocery store. Which two would you pick? Would it be patience? Would it be self-control? Would it be kindness? And I said, let's circle back to the prayer now. Let's really concentrate on a couple of those weaknesses where there's some absence in your spiritual pantry. Ask God to bring in that. Maybe that will replace the fear, the stress, the worry, because now we're filling it with fruits of the Spirit Mm. instead. That can be very healthy well let's let's recognize it and then pray and ask God to help us in it. sometimes that's a little nudge that can get some guys moving in a good
1: direction. that's good, man that's rich that's rich well and based on what you were saying earlier with guys or i say leaders worrying uh sounds to me like peace is the fruit they need I agree they mm-hmm.
2: I hear so much and I hope this doesn't sound insensitive but When I do some Q&As, especially with churches that are trying to work through some change, and besides the what ifs, which bothers me, I hear they won't like, and then whatever the next sentence is, they won't like the new building, they won't like the new speakers, they won't like the lights, they won't like, you know, that type of Bible study. And I'll say, guys, let me ask you a question. What are you called to do here? What's the vision that God's called you to do? That's the question you should be answering. I'm not saying don't be sensitive to the people, but you're saying and asking the wrong question. It's really not what will the people like, it's what's best for the people to fulfill God's purpose of this church. That's good. You're supposed to reach the community, right? That's why we're here, otherwise we'd be in heaven. (laughs) So what's the purpose and the vision? What's best for that? not what do people like the most. Now, again, I know that can come across, and I don't mean at all to be insensitive to people. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying your questions aren't in the right
0: order. My goodness, that's, and that's powerful. And I would I would absolutely love to be in the room as, as you lead a church through that. But I know, again, it's in, I would imagine what you find is, uh, what I find sometimes looking back, I didn't see that I was, I was caught up in fear. I didn't see that I was anxious. And then sometimes looking back, it's like, oh, man, you kind of feel foolish. What the heck was I thinking? Why was I doubting God in this? Um, Been there way too many times.
2: Yeah, me too. You
0: might not want to be in the room when I say that. (laughs) Because
2: sometimes it can get a little bit heated. And I have to say to God, praise Jesus, that he helps me. I call these uh, immediate prayer zones. Uh, Sometimes I have to do like the IPZ. Okay, immediately I gotta go to a prayer zone. God, help me not to be defensive. (laughs) Help me to calm down because there's some people here that do not care about the principles that I would say fall under scripture. Yeah. That we're saying, and again, you ever hear people? I hate to kind of review this again, but there's so much about my purpose, and I go. I think there's something in there that's okay if you're saying what's your purpose within God's purpose.
0: Right. Yeah. Exactly. Then,
2: then we're good. But if it's mm-hmm. just my purpose and it's really that self-centered piece, then no, that, that part's not okay. Yeah, uh, I
0: agree. Well, that, that kind of uh, errant thinking, when you take it down the logical path, has kind of led to where so much of our country is where they're saying my truth it's right. like no, I'm sorry. Truth is truth. Yeah, and, and we, when, when we as a church get away from what, what's God's purpose, not and uh, we're here for, for God's glory, not for, for my glory. That's um, yeah, you know, that that type of thinking can get really errant very quickly.
2: And that's where the worry. That's why when I see the worry and the stress and the fear, I you have to ask the leaders: Are you sure that your thinking and your attitude? every time. Do you have right thinking or wrong thinking, right attitude or wrong attitude toward three things? God, people, and circumstances. Because mm-hmm. if your thinking is off or your attitude is off when it comes to God or people or circumstances, mm-hmm. guess what? Satan's got you going down the road that he knows is not going to fulfill the purpose of the kingdom. Right. So I I do like to say, Chuck, this is old school. We're here, but we probably talked about this with the kids back in the day, but You know, when we would do the great command, you know, love, Lord, your God, all your heart, soul, mind and strength. Not very many people will preach on loving him with your mind. Yeah, Mm. that's pretty rare. Yeah. So you got to get back to those Paul verses and the spiritual grocery store and think on these things. God did give us a mind to think. So let's think for a second. Let's have, you know, humility always has to be the base. Right. What is best? for God's kingdom. I am so thankful to want to be a part of it. It's a crazy, amazing blessing to even be on Team Jesus. Whatever position you want me to play, whatever bounce pass, jump shot, free throw, rebound, I'll do, old sports thing, I'll do whatever you want because I'm a team player and I'm just thankful to be on Team Jesus.
1: Yeah. Well, that's good. Hey, Jay, we need start wrapping this baby up, but um, any final thoughts from you or Chuck on this? Well, again, I hope we just go
2: to Scripture all the time. We're so blessed to have the Bible. And, you know, when I look at that love letter, I look at the instruction manual, and I say, man, I look at creation sometimes. I tell my boys this when I see a crazy sunset or whatever I see out there. and You know, can you believe that that God who created that loves us, sent his son for us? every relationship then he gave us his word to help us live every day what a blessing so i just want that concept of the greatness of god the greatness of his love and savior and then scripture 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 always go to the strainer put everything in the strainer whatever doesn't match up with Scripture, let it go down the drain man yeah whatever matches good. scripture we're sticking with that good
0: good well i just want to clarify too Gene's probably going to go home and put his Bible in a strainer and try to rinse it. <laughs> don't do that, Gene. Don't don't try this at home. It's illustrative. Sure
1: <laughs> I have a waterproof Bible.
0: There you go. Dude, no, that, that's actually, that. yeah, I, I love this, man. Well, we're going to uh, have to get you back on and uh, if we can rope, rope you back in to doing this, man. Absolutely loved our time with you, Jeremy. Hey, thank um, you for letting this, me do this. And don't ever feel weird about asking. If
2: you want to ask me about talking about jesus that's like asking if i want pizza of course i do <laughs> <laughs> i love it
0: yeah well dude i've always always loved your, your passion for jesus and uh that's why again to me it was just always amazing to be able to have the privilege of having you in so love the fact god got us to uh, allow the privilege of reconnecting
1: with you uh recently jeremy so, if uh if our listeners wanted to contact you what's the best way to get a hold of you
2: yeah the best way You can look at my website, which is my missionary corporate website, jeremykingsley.com. But if you just want to contact me, there's a little email on the bottom of there. It just says info at jeremykingsley.com. That way, some of the Christian and churches and other groups that say, hey, we see this missionary corporate side, but we want you to come in for the church side. Hey, shoot me an email. Love to help if I can. All right.
1: And spell Kingsley for us.
2: K-I-N-G-S-L-E-Y.
1: E-Y, all right, good Very deal. Good. And Chuck, tell us about Connect Hope. Well, we again, we always, we kind
0: of a privilege that Connect Hope has the uh, has the honor of working with so many pastors around our community, around our, our city and state. And just our, our role is to encourage pastors and, and unite ministries for, for kingdom purpose. And we just want to see God honored. And so we'd love to connect with anyone, whether it be a, a phone call or a personal meeting, you can go to our website at connecthope.org. And uh, fill out the connect uh, communication box and, and it will get in touch with me. And like I said, we'll set up a meeting. We just want to be here to serve you, your ministry, uh, your church, whatever it is. And we're um, kind of the privilege. But um, we do thank you today for joining us for this, this podcast.
1: Yeah. And Jeremy, thanks for joining us today. And uh, for those of you listening, uh, we just appreciate your, your loyalty. And please tell your friends and family and neighbors and coworkers and pastors and everybody in your life about this incredible podcast that Chuck Gordon's got going here <laughs> called Connect Hope. It's so, uh, It's it Jean yeah. so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us and we'll, uh, we'll see you next time.
0: Thanks for listening today. If today's podcast hit home with you, we hope you'll share it with other ministry leaders. If there's any way we can be here for you, please contact us at connecthope.org. Until next time, let's make Jesus famous. We'll mm-hmm.